You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, and the inimitable Robert Bricky. Coming to you from Central North Carolina this morning. Big weekend of football, gentlemen. Before we get started... I want to ask you a question. Is it possible that we are watching evolution? Is this a genetic thing that all of a sudden, after all of the history of sports and football in particular, that now we've just bred a generation of guys that can catch a ball one-handed? <laughs> That's a great point. Dude, glove technology has gone too far. And as we roll out all of these rules, in the NFL in particular, Brandon, you proposed a couple weeks ago that we should eliminate kickers from football. You keep misquoting me, but whatever. Go with it. I I think we should eliminate gloves. I said end of game field goals to decide games. That's all I said. Let's not go crazy. I propose we eliminate gloves from anyone that's going to catch the football. What about stick them? Go back to the old school. Stick them. Even, even in the days of stick them. Even with Lester Hayes with stick them hanging off of his face. Right. It wasn't like this. I, I will start with the Ohio State game. And there was a there was a play in there where one of the where the slot receiver just reached up, snatched the ball out of the out of the air with one hand, and continued to go. And this is a guy that is known for not having good hands. Every time I turn on the TV, there are shows that that cycle these videos through, and all the way down to junior high school now. Right. These kids are making these one-handed catches. It's not a genetic phenomenon. It's glove technology. And in the last five or ten years, it's gone to these new heights. And I watch closely now because it's in my head. And at the NFL level, if these guys get the tips of their fingers on a football, it's caught. And I'm watching, you know, Michael Thomas comes in and is catching 95% of the balls that are thrown to him and all the rest of that. I I just – it amazes me that guys like Chris Carter and Keyshawn Johnson and those guys that are on TV that were great receivers in the NFL don't ever fuss about it. They do. They do every once in a while. They talk about the glove. I guess they they sound like like the the old man. Get off my lawn. lawn. It's kind of like the – if you really look at it, it's like Lonzo Ball's kid uh, brothers. You only see when the ball goes in on the highlights. If right. you watch the whole game, right? They're jacking <laughs> There's a lot of bricks shots. coming off the top of the backboard. I'm assuming that more of those one hand grabs are missed than we, than you've no, like been able to notice. You could not possibly have watched the Atlanta Cincinnati game this weekend. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the stats to you from the first half of football and this is just this these are video game numbers so 
Matt Ryan, who is a second tier on the verge of being in that top group of quarterbacks in the NFL, he's good. Got an amazing group of receivers. Talent-wise, Atlanta's as good on offense as anybody. And Andy Dalton, who's not going to be on anybody's list of, of you know, best quarterbacks out there. These guys in the first half combined for 424 yards passing. Sounds like bad defense to me. That would be my there, You can't even categorize it as bad defense. It's no, no defense. defense. For the fifth time in the last 10 years, there was a half of football in the NFL with no turnovers and no punts. And and we talked about this as we were we were going down that road the other day. What people want to see, you know, what's exciting. It's not exciting when Mitch Trubisky is throwing six touchdown passes. What we're watching right now, Dak Prescott yesterday might have been the worst quarterback in football and went for 255 yards. And back in the day, and and we're not even, you know, that far along, but a 300-yard passing game from your hometown quarterback probably meant you had a pretty good weekend. Right. Now 300 yards doesn't mean a thing. Something has got to give. Enough is enough. And you're you're looking at now in the NFL in particular Quarterbacks are putting up these numbers that are just ludicrous, and the defense is literally playing with one hand tied behind their back. Well, that's what I was going to say. You can't touch the quarterback anymore. Like, you, you literally, last weekend, we had a dude apologize right yeah, before. for taking a dive. As he was hitting a quarterback. Right. Apologize. I'm sorry, Ben Boom. That's how it went. Like, And then turn around and apologize again. So you can't touch the quarterback. And you can barely – they've made it so hard on defenders. That's why – I think defenders should get paid a lot more. Um, but, yeah, other than as far as I could see uh, Big Ben this weekend, everybody had all day to throw the ball. Like, all day to throw the ball. Like, me and you could do that for a living. Well, part of part of the thing with this extra layer of protection for the quarterbacks that's been added is a level of fearlessness with them. And they just stand in the pocket because nobody's coming in at their knees. You don't see the the jitters and the happy feet down there with people, you know, around my knees. You you can't hit the guy except in about a, a six square inch spot in the middle of his chest. And even then you can't hit him with your helmet. The fearlessness that's there, the athleticism that's been added to these quarterbacks, and now down the field where defensive holding you know, you can't even touch these guys. I'll go even so far as we're getting to the point where we really have to look at the statistics sack. Like, think about how many sacks would be taken away by old school players oh God, yeah. if they had to play by today's rules. Like, didn't Derek Thomas have like 11 in one game? He would like have one half a sack. Right. And by today's they throw body, they land on you, they drive you into the ground. Yeah. Well, I hold, want to go back farther than that. Genre. I want to go Deacon Jones clotheslining quarterbacks. I love that. You move. know, twisting their helmet around. Night Train Lane. <laughs> Night Train Lane played defensive back, but that is still one of the coolest names in, in, now, in the world. Aaron Rodgers seems to think that they should go back to the old school. He doesn't mind. He said. That's one the few times a quarterback can display a level of toughness is when they take a hit. Now he's been injured, but he seems to think 
he, he's okay with the hit, the quarterback, and well, Tom, driving him well, into the, the ground. What the NFL doesn't get is that this is a contact game, and you're asking your body to do things that the human body was not intended to do. You you get you ever see how fast those linemen, defensive linemen move? Yeah. You ask a 300 plus pound guy to go fast and pull up before he hits somebody. That's almost impossible. After Just, being held. All game. That's right. the other piece of it too. Is that holding? You know, holding is a joke. Major League Baseball, for all of its warts, there was always, up until the last, I don't know, few years, an ebb and a flow. When offensive numbers got out of control, they would make rules or adjust fire so that pitchers had a little bit more of an advantage. It's been a back and forth. Right. Now, at some point around the Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire era, uh, Major League Baseball just decided home, rooms are, home runs are sexy and that's what sells tickets. Well, that doesn't seem to have worked out because attendance numbers are crashing. But historically, they always adjusted. The NFL has – what's the NFL done in the last 20 years to make it easier for defenses? Nothing. Can you think of anything? They've gone the other way. And They've at some point, difficult. Brandon, you talked about what is exciting and what's not exciting in football. Wide receivers running wide open all the time down the field is not exciting. That's a seven-on-seven seven drill. That's right. watching a scrimmage. I want to see these guys matched up. The other piece of this, too, is as we move forward, one of the things that had happened post Daryl Green post Deion Sanders is it became sexy for your best athletes to go play defensive back. It was a way to get paid. I think that as we pivot out of this, your premier athletes at the college level are going to start looking at this at high school and as they come into college and they're like, I have to be on offense. There's not going to be any value on being on the defensive side of the ball. And if that happens and the athleticism and the ability of those guys comes down another notch, now you've just exacerbated the problem even more. Right. Something's got to give. The What I was watching this weekend across the spectrum, it's, it's not even football. It's offensive scrimmages. And to me, it's not a heck of a lot of fun. Well, and they also picked Clay Matthews, which is one of the more recognizable names in the NFL on the defensive side. You know, you got the long hair flowing and he's sacking people. It's almost like they picked on him. Like, we're going to pick on one of y'all's best pass rushers and hit him up with a bunch of flags and everybody else around the league. Like, Clay Matthews, if he can't get away with this, like, what am I going to do? You know what right. I mean? Like, so it's kind of like they sent notice to the league. Um, you know, they shut out the Bills yesterday, but the Bills are like oh, bad. God. But uh, anyway, long story short, it's just like. You almost today by today's day, game, you almost have to be a fantasy football g- lover to enjoy the NFL game as it is right now, unless your team wins all the time. Right. But just the just to turn on a get Monday night game to watch it for for the old school sheer enjoyment of it is kind of lost because even Tom Brady, you said Aaron Rodgers said something. Tom Brady said the same thing. Like the fascination with any pro sport. For somebody like me, is that all these guys are doing something that I can't do? Right. But if you can just stand back there and twiddle your yeah. thumbs and then throw to wide open receivers, that's something I could potentially do, and so that's boring to me. I, I think the, the old school mentality is is a warrior slash gladiator 
like they're in the arena of alpha combat, you know, winner take all. So you're right. There was a recklessness to it that was exciting for us because we know we can't do it. And so we appreciate those that can do it. I mean, the speed, the athleticism, the skill that it takes to do those things. It's amazing to watch. But like you say, they've relegated some of that fun or, or legislated, I should say, some of that fun out of the game. Just think of what Joe Theismann's on his couch and he's watched Pat Mahomes run around. Right. Like he's like at recess or something like that. You know, <laughs> well, I mean? you know it's funny yeah. because you know we look at it and we look at the disparity in salaries with – the top tier professional athletes with the rest of America. And I think with football in particular, folks were okay with it. You know, you're going out there, you're going to get beat up for all these years. What you do is, is reckless. Now, how am I really, I'm, I'm feeling a certain kind of way about these quarterbacks that make 20, $25 million for a game. They could essentially at this point could play in their shorts. And what you said, Brandon is for real. It's one thing, to be able to stand in there with all of this hectic activity around you, pick your spots down the field, identify your target, and deliver the ball. But there is no shortage in the world of guys that can stand there on a practice field and deliver the ball down the field with accuracy. And we're, we're, we're removing everything else from it. And it's just not as impressive anymore. Somewhere in New York, Eli Manning's going, what y'all talking about? Dude, speaking of <laughs> which, Eli, <laughs> isn't it interesting that in this day and age, that's funny you said Eli, because you know we're, we're in an era where Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, these guys are, are into an era where it's even beyond, in some cases, what would, would have ever been considered the twilight of their career. And Eli Manning is hanging in there with these guys. He's a contemporary of them, and he's horrible. It's not him. It's his own line. Man. Oh, man. I swear. Watch, watch uh, yeah. the game. I watched a lot of that game yesterday. Like The quarterback position on the flip side of our conversation, just think about, well, we'll hit it on the other side, I guess. All right. We'll see. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. We appreciate you tuning in. Krista Lambert. Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. We're crying about receiver gloves. Too many rules on defenses. Brandon, well, to you your came to the defense of Eli Manning. I'm, I want to hear you. Well, no, to your point, everybody already is. The majority of the athletes, you're talking about a very small percentage of people on earth that get to play professional football, right? But the majority of those athletes are even – you can see that they're on offense. The quarterback position is like no other almost in sports is that – like in basketball, Brick, 
you can get your shot off, right? And it's not affected by anybody else except for the defender. Pitcher can pitch across the plate. It's on him, right? A quarterback, there's so many of his teammates that he depends on to get the right kind of pass off. Like, Eli was running around. He was running for his life yesterday. And then if, you know, if you double Beckham and he's got less than a half a second to throw the ball, how can that be on him? He didn't forget how to throw the ball. Right. You know what I mean? So I think, to your point, athletes have already shifted to the offensive side of the ball, and the Giants just don't have enough of them. Like, so what I'm trying to say is you just don't have enough skill position players on that team and uh, mixed with – I know you're going to say Saquon, and but, you know, if you don't have time to play, throw the ball, yeah. you don't have an O-line. That's what's driving me crazy for the last – Seven years they've never given Cam Newton an offensive line except for one year. Um, so anyway, that's just kind of you do you do need all the best athletes on the offensive side of the ball these days to like win. Well, at this point, it, it it's questionable, Stephen. You know why do you even have the athletes on defense? I think because you're going to just handcuff them. Yesterday, you know, you look at the Giants, and maybe that's an aberration, but it by and large, when you look across the NFL. You can throw the ball down the field five to seven yards at will 99% of the time. And that, you know, when you need to convert, when these teams are converting third downs, when they're coming out of games 11 of 12 on third down. And going for it on fourth down. Going for it on fourth down, with the exception of Frank Reich in overtime. I don't know how many of you guys saw the end of that Indianapolis game. Frank Reich. Post game defended that and said we do that ten out of ten, and then Andrew Luck for the second week in a row comes out and falls on the sword and is like Frank Reich's my guy and we'll do whatever he says do I love it you know last week it was they He's, brought Jacoby Brissett in to throw the hail mary and Andrew Luck who has been a, a trooper through this entire thing is like oh I got a hundred percent support it you know Jacoby's got a better arm than me you know he was feeling some sort of way about that and then this week to come back in and he's like well you know they sent us out there and I just failed to execute that was a ridiculously bad call that gifted a game to Houston and I know we talked about it though the other day that you're going to start seeing decision making based on whether we want to tie, whether we don't want to tie, whatever. So I guess on some level, you need to give some credit to Frank Reich. Maybe. I no, don't know. How do you feel about no. it? No. No? It was he it was reckless. I, I'm okay. I like the aggressiveness. I, I I'm I'm a guy that would go for it on fourth down. But in that situation, a tie is better than a loss in that division. So I think he should have played for the tie which helps him in the long run because that loss is going to come back to haunt him. I think Jacksonville, the specter of big, bad Saxonville hanging over him, is probably in his head there. Houston was gifted a win. They get off the schneid. They go to one and three. Indianapolis is sputtering. Jacksonville is one of the class teams in the AFC at this point. My question to you guys, are we believing in Tennessee yet? I don't think so. Me neither. I, quarterback spot, dude. Quarterback spot. Everything else, I can I can agree with. Mariota's got to stay healthy. Who's the backup? Blaine Gabbert. Nah, that's there. Therein lies the problem. And, and Gabbert, remember got when the start was, last week? It, it's uh, 
I, I I'll take it one step further. I just think the entire offense is bad. Right. Corey Davis, who they drafted last year, finally got his first touchdown. He gets the game winner in overtime. Tennessee shocks the world, beats Philly, but I just don't see enough weapons on offense. And Derrick Henry, this the, was supposed to be his breakout year. It hadn't happened yet. Remember the hot discussion was Mariota or Jameis Winston? Yeah. yeah back right. in the day? Yeah. And that's another thing. Coaching, Seems like a million years ago. Coaching is such a – I'm scratching my head right now. Because, you know, Cutter yanked uh, Fitzmagic. Isn't it amazing? Like, one week you're – like, I'm arguing over my, you know, my copyrighted Fitzmagic name, and then you get benched after a, a turnover. It was Conor McGregor for three weeks. I know, right? <laughs> was there any question that Cutter wasn't – you know, last week they they came out and said Fitzmagic almost got jerked after the three turnovers. Right. Uh, I guess it was against Pittsburgh, but these coaches—they just don't seem to know what the heck they're doing. You know what well, I mean? Like, I mean, why would you? The dude's thrown for 400 yards in three consecutive games, and I don't know. Maybe the plan was to go ahead and put Winston in, but I'd ride that out for at least a right. fourth game. But you know, these quarterbacks have such a short leash. They're like the the bottom line with Ryan Fitzpatrick is he is limited on what he can do physically. The fact that he lost his gig back to Jameis Winston was one of the more inevitable things you're ever going to see. It was – Dirk Cutter was in a tough spot. Tampa Bay went in there, was getting their doors blown off by Chicago. Ryan Fitzpatrick was ineffective. The question is, is when it comes down and, and Fitzpatrick is struggling – I think maybe America got a false sense of what Fitzpatrick is when he almost came back against Pittsburgh. You're talking about a Pittsburgh team that's just garbage on defense. Garbage on defense. Perhaps, I know this sounds crazy because we all have it in our head for the last 50 years, the Steelers have been a punch-you-in-the-mouth defense. Steelers might have the worst defense in football Right. right now as it stands. They're awful. Fitzpatrick couldn't do anything against him in the first half. He came back, almost pulled off a miraculous comeback. But the bottom line was he did not. And with the way Chicago was applying pressure and had him rattled, he wasn't going to come back in the second half. So right. why not put Winston out there? Yeah, Winston Flacco. comes back, and, and now the question – now I wouldn't want to have anything to do with week five and the controversies coming down the pipe. Winston did okay. Couple of picks. Didn't light the world on fire. I watched that Ravens Pittsburgh game, and Flacco looked like he'd just taken a shower. Every time they put the camera on him, he hadn't looked like he'd played a lick. Like he looked so clean. And you know, you talked about uh, Brissett throwing the hail mary. They got Jackson running and out of there doing plays. I mean, think about it. A few years ago, if you're starting quarterback. He, and you were a traditional starting quarterback, you wouldn't want like the backup no. running and out of your game. I assure you Flacco hates that. But here's the other piece of it, too, is Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, in, in this instance, I think he's completely blowing it with Lamar Jackson. Yes, Baltimore has gotten to 3-1, and one, but why are they even lining Jackson up at quarterback? They might as well just snap the ball straight to Alex Collins or to Allen because all he's doing is running the wildcat. 
Why do you have to bring in a special package for that? Just snap it to your tailback. He hadn't thrown a pass yet, I don't think. Right. It was funny, too. They uh, they put him in, and they ran Flacco at wide out. Yeah. Like anybody in the stadium thought he was going to get a target. Well, at some point, maybe they get creative with that, and they check and have both of them on the field at one time, and they flip-flop, and you know Jackson goes out and catches a pass. Lamar Jackson is the quarterback of the future for the Ravens. Not the wildcat quarterback, not a wide receiver, not a tailback. They have they have to develop this guy because Flacco just is not the long-term answer. Right. Period. They invested a first-round pick in Lamar Jackson. He is there, he is the future, and we haven't seen anything on game day yet that shows that they're doing anything with him right. except gimmicks. And I hearken back, way back, I'll take you guys back to Cordell Stewart. Dang. And you remember Stewart came out of Slash out of Colorado, yep. and we saw when he checked into a game, he was going to do a lot of different things. Yep. And ultimately took over the reins and had a successful run as the starting quarterback in, in Pittsburgh. Lamar Jackson, who knows what they're doing with him in practice, but if what we're seeing on game day is a manifestation of what they're doing in practice, they're failing this kid, and they're going to get him hurt. Right. You just keep running him into the line and running him into the line over and over again. You know, this guy's not Cam Newton. He's not 255. Yeah, but Jackson seems to be having fun with it, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he seems to it's be pretty – all fun and games now. Yeah, well – But, it, like, he, I, like you said, I'm going to cut you off. They have to – first round pick – you have to develop that talent to see if he's going to be your quarterback. Sure. Otherwise, you wasted a pick and you're wasting time right now. Yeah. Well, and then they're also the rookies went zero and four. The big the big four went zero and four this past weekend. Right. But you got to think Jackson's looking at them like I could be doing that right he, now. He absolutely. I'm sure he is. And for now, it's all fun and games. And yes, Baltimore's three and one. Things can turn very quickly. And, and you can have a wedge driven right right down the middle of that locker room. Baltimore, I, I, me personally, I think there's a lot of issues with how they're handling it. You talked about the big four. Buffalo, after shocking Minnesota last week, comes crashing back down to earth, and I think we saw closer to what they really are. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. 
I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue and you can use like anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And now, from Sanford, North Carolina, Chris Lambert and Brandon Atkins. I got money, I got fame, fast cars and everything. All right, welcome back from the cheap seats. Talking a little NFL this morning and the big four that you called it, Brandon. Uh, on the schneid. Oh, for this week. And, you know, these guys that came in that were, you know, these were the saviors. You always have to temper that. And every time we do this, you know, this time it was five quarterbacks taken in the first round, and everybody's talking about these heir apparents and these messiahs that are coming to town. And you hit on it a little while ago. You said, well, the debate a couple years ago was Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. How many Pro Bowl appearances do those guys have? How many MVPs? How many Super Bowls? These quarterbacks are completely hit or miss. And, man, as much as it pains me to say it, the best of the bunch thus far, and I, I still don't think it's sustainable, is Baker Mayfield. Mayfield looked okay against the Raiders, and I, I do have to say, and anybody that knows me knows I'm no lover of anything Cleveland, Cleveland got hosed, absolutely hosed by the officials Oh, that first game. down they call that? That game was over. Yeah. That yeah. game was over. Now, Hugh Jackson and Baker Mayfield, between the two of them, made a handful of very, very, very bad decisions with the football, but that game was over. Cleveland had put it to bed. Oakland gets a reprieve, and John Gruden gets a very tainted W to get to one and three. And uh, had he not, oof! I tell you what, man. Cleveland rules. Cleveland rules. You know what I mean? Like, remember Cam? Cam Newton would get the call because they said you hadn't been in the league long enough. You know what I mean? It's like. Wait a minute, is that a first down? Oh, that's Cleveland. No, they didn't. Yeah, get for, the first for anybody that wasn't watching, third and short backed up at about their own 35 yard line. Uh, about a minute, uh, yeah, about a minute left to go. Cleveland, Carlos Hyde converted a fourth down. The spot was right at the sticks. They went to the automatic review and it was overturned. And I've watched it a million times. I have no idea what they looked at that they thought could overturn that. Cleveland punted the ball. Raiders go right down, score a touchdown. And then Jordy Nelson made a really, really, really nice catch to convert. Um, they go bless overtime, them, and Oakland manages to pull it out. God bless Cleveland fans, though. They were, I went to the Buffalo Brothers to hang out with my brother, watch the games. 
Cleveland fans all over the place. Poor Bills fans all over the place. I just wanted to go around the bar and give them hugs. How about Jets fans? They think after week one, they've got the savior. Mm-hmm. And they're feeling good about themselves. And then they come crashing back to reality. Oh, well, you know, the bigger the bigger thing with it, Darnold, you can see the arm talent there with right. Darnold. Darnold and Mayfield have got a little bit of the same sort of gunslinger in them. The question is whether that becomes Brett Favre or whether it just becomes a quarterback that's consistently going to make bad decisions. These guys both believe, I can make every throw, I can beat them all by myself. The difference between the two of them in the short term, and probably for the next couple of years, Mayfield has a plethora of weapons around him. Cleveland, for all of their failings over the last 4, 5, 10, 20 years in terms of, of stockpiling talent, They've gotten it right. And Nick Chubb yesterday, three carries for 105 yards. Nick Chubb, I said on the air, Brandon, this is one of yours. I said Nick Chubb was going to be the better of those two picks. It began to manifest itself yesterday. But you've got a, a you've got perhaps the best stable of running backs in the NFL. And I mean that. Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, and now Nick Chubb. That I don't know of anybody out there that's got three backs that they can trot out there that are that quality. So as a coach, I see three carries for 105, and he didn't get more touches. Right. So my question in all this is, uh, Oakland, Cleveland, how much does coaching matter? Oh, dude. Because they're it's giving everything. Rams coach a lot of credit, Look but he's Sean got a boatload of talent. Look, Sean McVay doesn't have any more talent or didn't have any more talent last year than Jeff Fisher had. Right. Coaching is the most overrated aspect or underrated aspect in pro sports altogether, but in football in particular. These teams that just keep trotting out the same old retread, you know, tired uh, former assistants and whatever the case might be, you find yourself a whiz kid offensive mind that knows how to that also knows how to motivate men and rally them, dude, it can be dangerous. And I'm looking across at a guy like Matt Nagy in Chicago with the talent they have there assembled. Maybe he's that guy. Maybe he's not. Time will tell. Sean McVay was an inspired hire. And if he doesn't get too full of himself and start reading his own press a little bit too much, he could really, really, really be something moving forward. Yeah. He he seems way too young to me. It's just like um, you need players in the NFL. That's what cracks me up about Reich's call. Like, all you got to do is not mess up in the NFL. You pick your players – you make you know cuts during the preseason. You put them in place. Everybody's essentially running the same offensive plays, except for a few wrinkles here or there. I saw some pretty cool plays yesterday. Some um, misdirection, lining up on the line. You can mix it up a little bit, but like Andy Reid, was he an idiot last year and a genius this year? I mean, like no, because he's got talent all over the offensive oh side of the ball. I mean, so really, as a coach. I don't know. I, it just it just it just seems like if you can. That's why Bill Parcells said he wanted to buy the groceries to cook the meal because it's the Jimmys and the Joes. It's not the X's and the O's in the NFL more than any other sport that I can think of. Like I mean, it just is. Do you have the players or not? Or right. The biggest decision is well, I'll, I'm going to run Jameis out there instead of Fitz Magic, and that's pretty much all you got to do if you got the talent. I've got a question too. Winston's contract is up. At the end of the year, right? 
Do you invest in him to be your future quarterback and give him a boatload of money? Here's the here's the thing. You have to have a quarterback to compete in the NFL. If you were to look down at all of the 32 teams in the NFL right now, there are fewer than 10 of them, probably six, maybe as many as eight, that either have their franchise quarterback locked in beyond any shadow of a doubt or have that guy that they believe is the future sitting on the bench. And in some cases, you have both. Look at Baltimore. Tampa Bay cannot look at Jameis Winston and the situation surrounding him and say, we know for certain this is our guy that can deliver us to the promised land. Right. There is no other question around that franchise that is nearly as important as to what they're going to do. The market for Jameis Winston, if he walks as a free agent in Tampa Bay, is limited at best. But you have five or six teams out there who do not currently have the answer in the building. And unless they find it in the draft, Jameis Winston is going to get paid somewhere. My answer to your question is no. Because the NFL basically has adopted the college offensive game. And what that means is that you have a lot of – quarterbacks coming into the league that recognize the offense that they're running. I mean, the NFL has flat out stolen the college offense. And then college turns around and steals the NFL defense because the NFL figures out how to stop it. Then college makes adjustments back and forth. But there's going to be, maybe not next year, but the following year, somebody that totally fits their offense. And why would you pay somebody who's made not – he's not killed anybody, okay? Let's not go crazy. But do you really want to deal with the headache of somebody that's got the potential to, like, I don't know, steal crab legs or something like right. that? And I know that he did that in college. At some point, you got to get behind it. But even still, like, the the eating W's episode where he's acting like he's eating his fingers and the other players are looking at around like, what in the world is going on there? That's in his DNA, that right. goofiness. And yeah. I don't want him running my whole team. I, I agree. <laughs> And I would say the same thing. Even I think Cam Newton falls in that. He doesn't do his dumb things. I just think he's not as mature as he needs to be. Great quarterbacks get it in their head first. Right. And they understand the magnitude of their position. But I would not give that cat a, a huge contract. You and, both and, of them? Cam a little better, but I would not give it to Jim. He's four years removed from Florida State, yeah. and he's still doing dumb things. Well, here's here's the other piece of that, too, is there aren't very many innovative front offices in the NFL. It's a bunch of old white guys who are in there by virtue of, you know, nepotism and, and whatever the case might be. Not a whole lot of innovation coming down the pipe. However, if – they see you do something that works out for you, they'll jack your idea. It's a copycat league. It is as far as coaching. You talked about it, Brandon. That's why it's impossible to be too innovative because as soon as one team figures out how to stop something, everybody's going to figure out how to stop it. Right. You know, We saw the Wildcat. Bill Parcell started that down in, in Miami, and it was all the rage for a minute, and then teams figured out how to stop it. And <laughs> so it when he did it, he was like, we're here. We're about to run the wildcat. <laughs> now yeah. teams like sprinkle it in here or there, but yeah. he was like, 
the Wildcat crew is here to, to stay. Maybe as owners, one thing I see is a little more common sense. And well, I'll, I'll make a point of, you know, Tepper in Charlotte making the no-brainer and picking up Eric Reed, right. pro bowler, safety. Why is that dude still on those streets? You know what I mean? Like, And that's a – that's a move that Richardson would have never made because right. he's old school and hard-headed. Um, little common sense I see sprinkled in the league now with some of these newer owners. Well, here's the, here's the point I was going to make about the front offices. There's not a whole lot of innovators out there. In fact, the NFL, as it applies to analytics, that's like a dirty word, even though they've been doing it for a long time in, in different levels. But here's the thing. When you look across the NFL right now, who's the best team in the NFL? I have to say the Rams. Second best team in the NFL. I still say Philly. What do those two teams have in common? Good defense. Good quarterback. Good quarterback, but but further than that, they have very cheap quarterbacks. Right. You look at Kansas City. Cheap quarterback. Cheap quarterback. At some point, these teams like Tampa Bay are going to look and say, God, I'm at a crossroads. I can load up and pay Jameis Winston twenty plus million dollars a year, which amounts to a chunk of my salary cap that I have available to me to build a team. Or I can go the route of trying to find other talented pieces and bring in a quarterback at a reasonable amount of money, whether it's a drafted guy, whether it's a lower level free agent, whatever the case might be. That, I think, is where you're about to see teams pivot to. Well, and if it doesn't work in terms of winning Super Bowls, if it doesn't work for Green Bay, how is it going to work? And Aaron Rodgers, how that's is it going to work That's an excellent point, Tampa man. Bay. Right. That is, that is absolutely right on. And when you look at it and you look at these quarterback numbers that are out there, you can look at Green Bay and say, you know what, Aaron Rodgers is probably worth $25, $30 million a year. Matt Stafford, how could he possibly be? Remember about eight years ago, you were terrified of Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Now it's like you know Aaron Rodgers. They'll make a couple of throws. The the you know the the cat the people doing the game, the casters, they're going to go bananas over how good Aaron Rodgers is. But then at the end of the game, they're either losing or it's a close game outside of yesterday's game. Well, it seems like their front office did a poor job of putting talent around Aaron offensively because he has to be great to give them a chance to win. And then defensively, they they stink. So it's you've got the best in the game in the QB spot, but nothing else. What's the difference between Tom Brady, who said, I'll take a pay cut if you get me players, right. and him who get, who's got like a gazillion money dollars coming to him? It's not – if Green Bay wants to keep him, they had to pay him. It's, yeah. it's Aaron Rodgers' fault that he doesn't have a – Yeah, he should take a pay cut. Let's not pretend a golf show. If we started a golf show and Bricky's, you know, the lead guy, I guess – All right, we'll see you on the other side. I want to talk about this Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady thing a little bit more. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Crystal Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger 
and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back as we wind down the first hour. I want to remind everybody out there that on oh, I almost Thursday, said, almost said Wednesdays. Good catch on Thursdays, six thirty. Thursdays at six thirty, we'll be hosting trivia at Libations on Chatham in downtown Sanford. Six thirty to eight thirty. They have food trucks roll out every Thursday. Uh, last week was um, Soul Spring Rolls, man. Hmm. And I'm, I'm messing up the name, but all I needed to say was that you're talking about soul food meeting spring rolls. That's a fusion that needed to happen. And they were dope. With beer sounds good. It With beer close by. Well, and liquor drinks now, right? Not yet. Not yet. You haven't been over and seen the bar since they started building no, it. It's been it a while. It's, the bar is just about finished. It's Oh, my God. It's nice. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Uh, yeah, they're they're putting a new face on the place, but uh, bad weather last week. Still had a great turnout. Uh, come on out. Great prizes. Um, probably the best trivia host ever, maybe. I don't know. No, I'm playing. No, but yeah, uh, we, we, we tease a category, and in honor of the Europeans' decimation of America in the Ryder Cup, um, I'm going to do something with golf internationally. That's that's the best I can do for you. We're going to talk about some – we're going to do golf as one of our trivia categories. We always open with the music category. We close with the music category. In between, it's whatever comes out of this brain of mine, which can be kind of scary. But uh, come on out if you're in the area. Trivia, Thursdays, 630 Rain or shine at Libations in downtown Sanford. Love to love to come out and hang out with you. I feel like I don't come as much as I used to. You because, don't come at all. Because I think you secretly form questions that you know I won't get. Well, I think it's easy like easy to come up with questions that you don't get. They're, they're, that's easy. Hey, that's bro, easy. that's not very nice. I know. That's not very nice. We were talking about Aaron Rodgers just real quick. to, And I, I just kind of liking it to if Bricky had his own golf show. And he got paid so much that they he couldn't afford Diamond D, Dave Kaplan. He had to hire me to talk golf. That's kind of what's going on in Green Bay. You right. just don't have the players he's used to playing. Same so, thing in Oakland. Chucky's complaining about no no pass rush, but they said they couldn't afford to keep him because cost contract. Yeah. Did you hear what why that is? Did you hear how that happened? No. So it. The first thing I thought is, well, Chucky, that's what happens when you get them $100 million. But right. apparently when you pay coaches and staff 
You pay as you go. With the players, you literally, if you're paying Crystal Lambert $60 million, that whole amount's got to go in an escrow account. Right. You can't touch it. Yeah. The the Raiders are cash poor. Mark Davis is the is the cash poorest owner in the NFL. Is that why his hair cut looks Dude, like that? Dude, yeah, he's saving money on the haircuts because mom <laughs> does that for him, I guess. How, all I need to know about Mark Davis, I can tell from the haircut. This dude is off. I'm hello. I'm Mark Davis, and I use the Floby haircut. System. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's going to be out doing a whole bunch of cussing. Uh, <laughs> Is to that make not money. the worst ever? It's pretty bad. It's, it it it's like a bad joke, man. Like, I, I don't get even it. Even Chucky's going, dag on, man. <laughs> Took a comb to that. Donald Trump's like Mark. <laughs> your hair. Come on, man. And LeBron is. Critical. It, it's man. It's it's something else. But yeah, it was a cash thing, like you said. You can't. The NFLPA and the league, they got to make sure that money really is there for these big contracts. Right. So you made an excellent point. No, it's pretty. They literally could not afford Mac, yeah. and so that means. That but they, then he gets up and talks about not having a pass rush. They're hard to find. You had the best in the league on your defense, and you and they said he never had a conversation with him. So at at worst, you should have picked up the phone, man. We'd love to keep you right now. It looks like it's going to be a financial thing. I mean, I mean so <laughs> which of us, which of us hasn't had that con- that conversation at some point? Hey, dog, I I love to get you there, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hit you up on the fifteenth. I would like to have a pass rush, but I'll be glad to pay you on Thursday <laughs> for it. <laughs> you just gotta you gotta you know. Hey man, all of us have been through our twenties. Hey, uh, if I write this check today, is it a mail on Thursday? Don't cash this until Friday. (laughs) After two, (laughs) he said after two. It's like David Chappelle's character, like he's the the crackhead landlord. Oh yeah, (laughs) he comes in like on the fifteenth looking for the rent. Um, No, I mean that's. That's something I never knew about the league. So you got to put that money over here. You can't touch it. It's theirs right. until something happens. And I guess, you know, if the player gets cut or moves on, you just move it back into your till. But the shocking thing is, is I was so surprised because of the Raiders brand. Like, I mean, it's not – it's definitely not what it used to be. Like, I remember Raiders and L.A. Kings stuff flying off the shelf when I was younger. Um, you know, whether it be – I was a big NWA fan and stuff like that. It just right. seemed to take – my brother, until this day, still wears Raiders gear. Like so I they need to get a gangster rap group behind them with merchandise sales. They need, they need NWA to, to come, <laughs> come back. back. Well, it's just kind of – yeah, I mean, it's – they need – But don't we all back. need NWA to come back? Yeah, really. We I mean, we in, in the day and age of trap, I, I, I could do for Ren and Ice Cube – and the rest of them to get it back. I could do without Yellow, though. Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do? Really? Well, they could like, the Arabian Prince back in there, too. Yellow moved on to uh, to produce uh, adult films. Did that's he really? Like, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's, that's one heck of a trivia question. That's what you should do on Wednesday. NWA round? <laughs> it, done. <laughs> done. There will be an NWA round this week as well. That's so really you're getting interesting. International golf. And, and NWA. NWA. They go hand in hand. Dude. <laughs> yes. That will definitely you happen. Do, have you ever done a, a rap 
category? Oh, my God, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely 100%. In fact, we did a Tupac category that wasn't even a music round. Not t- It hadn't been, but uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well. Okay. We've run, we run the gamut. Um, back to the whole Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady thing. Let's, let's not pretend that Tom Brady was given the, you know, the Dirk Nowitzki $5 million a year discount to the to the Patriots. However, he was giving them a significant discount. Now, the question you have to ask yourself is Aaron Rodgers' two Super Bowl appearances, if you are Jacksonville or if you are Cincinnati or if you are Oakland, would you be willing to shell out that money for your quarterback and say, hey, look, we're going to get two Super Bowl appearances over the course of 12, 15 years? Or do you think, hey, maybe we can do this a little bit differently? I'm here to tell you, the Eagles, we we, we talked about this coming into this past offseason. The Eagles coming off a Super Bowl championship have two legit quarterbacks and are paying less for those guys than virtually anybody else in football is paying for their one starting quarterback. You know, you got Carson Wentz and Nick Foles for less than it that cost to have a guy like Andy Dalton or James well not James Winston yet. That right there is an unfair advantage and you hit on it. I really think that as teams look at this and they're like, look at the Rams. Good God. Yeah. Well, I would just you say know, I they're think paying it's a, golf next to nothing. I think it's a testament. If I was an owner, I would constantly constantly be throwing money at the defense. Yeah. Cuz it's like um you know, if you're a circus act and you're spinning one plate and that one plate is Aaron Rodgers and it falls and breaks and he's injured, you're done. then you're done. Yeah. If you got a defense, you got a bunch of plates going, you got a lot of players, and then perhaps you run into a lucky quarterback situation. Well, well Brandon, you just you just identified to a T what happened in Seattle. And Seattle went to back to back Super Bowls. Yeah. They threw all that money into defense. Stumbled up into into Russell Wilson. Now let's not give them too much credit because people forget they had just gone and spent a big fat free agent contract on Matt Flynn the same year that they they drafted Russell Wilson. Right. But Providence shined down on them yeah. and and delivered Russell Wilson. Whether it was the third round pick, fourth round third. pick, third round pick, this is their guy. And now because they have this cut rate quarterback, well, all this money plugged into the defense, they went so far as to not even spend any money at receiver. I think that's the way we're going to see it play out in the NFL going forward. You luck into a quarterback. You do all you can to build around him while he's on that initial contract before you really got to pay him and hope that you can uh, uh, catch lightning in a bottle and, and get to a Super Bowl because once you have to pay that quarterback, it's all downhill. It is. And then you've got to make the decision. And at some point, I think that what teams are willing to shell out Look is at going the Rams. to go down dramatically. The Rams, at this point, if I've got a guy like Sean McVay, here's what you have to ask yourself. We were talking about coaching, and you said, well, Jimmy's and Joe's. Two years ago, Jared Goff looked incapable of playing right. professional football. Thought he was a bust. Yeah. And Sean McVay has turned this guy into as good as anybody out there. We'll see you on the other side of this. You're listening from the Cheat Seats.
Crystal Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the Cheap Seats. Hey, no offense, guys, but I miss Trent. I don't feel like I don't have anybody to kick around. Wow. You know what I mean? I thought you were going to say something nice. No. He's got to bring some wings. No, something nice. And, And given what's going on in baseball... We would we would in, inevitably dive into some baseball today, but it, since you guys are here with me, and I don't feel like fighting you, we're just not. Well, okay. <laughs> See, yeah, I, I, I knew that. I knew that how that was going to go. Well, give it like one more day, and then we can start. It'll be cool. October. It would. Good point. Good point. We were talking about copycat GMs and how front offices work, and Jared Goff, I think, is. Exhibit A, you've got Jeff Fisher, and yes, Jared Goff's been in the league now for three years, but we're not talking about a guy where you were like, oh, okay, I see glimpses. You're looking like a guy that looked like he was completely incapable of playing NFL football and now put up 465 yards against what's supposed to be a a premier defense. Jared Goff. I would say week two – in terms of his accuracy, he didn't look like he was capable. Then, then you have week three where he's threading the needle on every single throw. Yeah, he dropped some dimes. I mean, you talking about the only place you could have put it kind of dime. Yeah. Well, and we look at Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. If you take Pat Mahomes and you put him in uh, under Jeff Fisher's care, you know what are you going to get out of? How did I, Jeff Fisher stay dude. a head coach for? 20 years? I mean, look at Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis yeah. and it, Hugh Jackson. Jesus, what is he, 132 and 1 now? I can't even do the and math. And then, uh, J- uh, Garrett. Jason, Jason Garrett. Garrett. There's another He's one. 53% in Dude. eight years. It's it's unbelievable. And if these I guys see. these guys are they're, they're given the reins and they're left in place because they don't screw it up too badly, I guess, right. unless Hugh Jackson, and that just defies – any kind of logic. If I was going to a party and I saw the first two people there was Hugh Jackson and Jason Garrett, I'd turn around and get back in my car. They look like the most boring people on earth. I, I mean, think Garrett's got some 
dirt on I, Jerry I think Jones. that there's a short list of guys that are qualified that would be willing to stay under Jerry's thumb that way. But that's that's probably just too easy an answer. These guys get into it. Look at we see it all the time with these guys that get retreaded yeah. as far as head coaches. And well, they you know they were unsuccessful here, there, or wherever. But we're going to bring them in and, and give them the reins. I think that finding you said it, Brent. It's about the Jimmys and the Joes. But when you have those Jimmys and the Joes, the 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 margin between being good and winning a Super Bowl is razor thin. I think that the days of bringing Dick Vermeil out of retirement or Bill Parcells out of retirement. Or Gibbs. Where did Joe get? Did, did Joe Gibbs come out of retirement? Didn't he go back to the Redskins like three times? He did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he yeah. sure did. I think the days of doing that and expecting that to be optimal are probably gone. These guys, they get these jobs and then they get recycled through these jobs just because of their name. But it didn't even take a whole lot for their name to mean something. You just kind of have to pay your dues. It's kind of bananas. What do you think Chuck Knoll's doing right now? <laughs> right? Well, but I mean, think about it. Up until a couple of years ago, every time one of these premium jobs came open, Bill Cower's name was floated out yep. there. And I mean, when you look at Bill Cower and his body of work, Bill Cower's a borderline Hall of Famer. He's not in the Hall of Fame yet. But, you know, if I had Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback through my entire tenure, or for the second half of my tenure anyway, um, I'd probably be pretty good too. I I don't know, man. It, it's it's interesting. Um, Speaking yeah. about the Steelers, you need to go ahead and pay Le'Veon, son, now. Well, the, you need to pay the, him. It's not going to happen. Here's the thing, though. You said about Philadelphia. You find yourself a young quarterback, and while you've got it, get everything yep. you can. Philly has percolated to the top of the conversation as a suitor for Lev Bell. They can only do that because they're paying Carson Wentz right. nothing. If you add to that team already, on paper, Le'Veon Bell, man. The issue is, though, maybe they're already too late because of what L.A. did in this offseason where they said, look, we've got Todd. And they, this wasn't even predicated on Jared Goff. This was based on Jared Goff's contract and the fact that Todd Gurley's got a limited shelf life. Yep. And they went out and they got sued. They got Aqib Tlaib. They got Marcus Peters. And they loaded up and said, hey, if we're ever going to win one, our window is we're going to win now. And we've got – when is Goff's contract up? He's got another year or two. So you got to – because you know what? When you got to get him 25 mil – it's going to be a slow decline. Well, maybe not even so slow. Well, the question is, do they do it? Or do they look back and say, Sean McVay did it with this guy. Let's take a mid-first-round pick and groom this guy, and yeah. we'll just let yeah, golf right, ride off into the with sunset. With the running the game, they've got some receivers, and the defense, it takes the pressure off the quarterback. Absolutely. But although Brandon was right, he did drop some dimes. I mean, he really made some throws, but – it's a lot easier to drop back and make those throws when you know you can hand it off and a guy can go get you some yard or I've got receivers out here. Or if we don't score, my defense, my defense can, can get the get I got the Aaron back. Donald, the best player in football, uh, bar none. Right. I honestly believe that. He could be a receiver named Cup. I was dude. like, who? who is this dude? And then I saw the replay. I'm like, 
if I had just stuck my hands out too with some stickum or those gloves you were talking about, right? that's a touchdown. Right. Well, here's the other piece of that too: is is it, we have seen over the course of how many ever years, white receivers. If you were small and quick, there was maybe a place for you in the league. Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, these guys that you know the Patriots kind of brought back into vogue. But these guys that actually go down the field and make catches over top of people, Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup, Jordy Nelson, we've seen the, resur- or the resurgence of the white wide receiver. Yeah. I'm feeling kind of proud some kind of way. <laughs> But before and, – and, and listen, I listen to the show every few weeks. I'll listen to the entire thing all the way through. And it's kind of to critique myself. How can we do this better? I'm not going to be here for the end of the show. I am so, so looking forward to see what you guys do with the last 45 minutes or so. So I'm excited about that. Sponsored like, by Loco. Yeah, sponsored by Tito's. Tito's, yes. All right. But you said something interesting. You were talking about Hugh Jackson – and Jason Garrett, and you said if you saw them at a party, you'd walk the other way because they probably are not a whole lot of fun to be around. Right. Remember last week we had this conversation. If you have to tell somebody, I'm fun, oh, you're, you're not. probably not. <laughs> I am. I am. I, I don't even have words, man. You guys know what went down. <laughs> That's uh, more from uh, San Antonio. Oh, Kawhi Leonard, who had to tell the world, I'm I'm a I'm fun, fun guy. Yeah. No, you're not. No, you're really, really, really Try to do really his not. laugh. Try to do I, his laugh. <laughs> it sounds like he was trying to make up a laugh. It didn't sound authentic at I all. I think it's his legit laugh. I know it is, I really, it I, I really like think it. it's his If you're a woman, laugh. could you be married to that? No. Like. Like, I'm going to take out the trash. (laughs) It's even a worse. It's like even Woody Woodpecker's going like, what? (laughs) I feel so bad for this guy because he has never been candid in an interview. Well, he's never tried to be personable. And the first time he comes out, tries to loosen up just a little bit. He's all over the internet. Dude, I'm ruined on him now because every time oh Leonard for three (laughs) (laughs) They should they should do that. Every time he makes a bucket (laughs) he should play the laugh track. (laughs) Oh my God. Dude. Kawhi, you're killing me. LeBron got on the phone. I can't have that here. (laughs) Magic. Magic. I can't have no So, uh, Jimmy Butler, we ran a poll on Twitter this weekend, and the response to the poll blew my mind. I'm not going to lie. 115, I think, respondents to the poll. 65% of them felt like if Jimmy Butler goes to Houston, Houston has a shot to beat Golden State. I want to know from you, Brick, is that ridiculous? Or is he that kind of factor? Now, bear in mind that they almost certainly will have to give up Eric Gordon. And it's going to take a, a creative three-team deal to make this thing happen. But Gordon's going to have to go. Jimmy Butler comes back. Jimmy Butler 
doesn't quite give them the scoring they get from Eric Gordon, but he gives them more well-rounded game. I think maybe at least as good a defense as Trevor Reza provided, but at a different position. I want to hear your take on what Jimmy Butler to the Rockets would mean for the West. First of all, let me say this. That we've got college football, pro football. Mm-hmm. I'll even watch postseason baseball and the NBA started preseason over the weekend. It's yeah, a no, glorious it's time in sports. It is amazing. So anyway, back to your question. Yeah. I think he's right. The people are right. Wow. I think you know why? Because he gives them a level of toughness. And I I love Jimmy Butler. I don't think he's a A player, but he's a heck of a Scotty Pippen. Score, rebound, defend, bring some toughness. Now, I think the issue really is Carmelo, in my opinion. What do you get out of him? The You know, the thing with it is, I think Carmelo, in this instance, going out there with Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook's going to do his thing. He's going to dominate the ball. I think Chris Paul and LeBron were the two guys in the NBA who might be able to get Carmelo to get out of his comfort zone a little bit and do what the team needs him to do. If he does that, he can be a contributor and do it in limited minutes where they can sort of take advantage of his reputation more than anything else. Carmelo's not going to light you up, but he can get you 20 on a good night. I think if he he can buy into a role where – He's got to get – he because he can rebound when he wants to. When he wants to. He's never going to defend. No. We need you to make shots <laughs> no. and rebound. That's all we need you to do. There's a funny – you know, all these memes and short videos, there's a funny one where somebody's playing mellow on a NBA PlayStation game or something right. like that. It is hilarious. The shot selection, and they're doing the voiceovers from the other players. They're like, Melo, I'm open, I'm open. And he's just like, clang. It's the funniest thing. Look, I've watched both of you mostly. When you're talking about Melo, both of you winced in the face. Melo just does – not only does he not push the needle, he's just almost bad. Like, right. you know, I'm like – and I know I'm harder probably on him than anybody else, but he just kind of – well, the difference the day is he now goes, that for, for the Rockets, he's bad, but he's not $22 million a year right. and yeah. bad. Well, see, his problem, he thinks he's mellow from seven years ago. Yeah. And he's he hasn't been that in four years. True. <laughs> so, so he's been on a steady decline, but he still thinks he's that A player, and he's not. So they've got to get him a B role, maybe even a C role, and he's got to buy into it. Well, I think that Melo, I think that the Rockets can actually give him eight to ten minutes a night where he is the feature of the offense and is on the floor without Harden and or Paul. We'll see how it goes, but I'm I'm surprised, and I'm surprised that you jumped on with that. I am out. These guys will drive you home. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. 
Hey Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on, Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Chris said he was going to leave. I didn't believe him, and then he just walked out of the studio. Wait, he might be coming back. Can you, you say bye? Microphone. Are you getting back on? You got more time? I, I just, just got to say bye. I am out, and it's in your capable hands. I'm sure that it'll be stimulating conversation. He just came back for his phone. I was kind of hoping he would forget about it, and we would hack it and do all so- sorts of fun things. But, um, you know, y'all are just talking about Houston. I think the big question, Bricky, is James Harden – his game, does it fit in with a lot of other players' games? Because I, Chris Paul showed last year that it kind of does. Because Chris Paul, if he stays healthy, they might move to the finals, right? right? But I always see James Harden as having that game where it just wouldn't be kosher. for If you're trying to put together a big three, which everybody is, right. w- if you were one of those types of players, would you want to go play with that? I mean, maybe it's just me. Well, personally, no, but – I think when we're talking about Carmelo, for the offense that they run, they want guys standing in the corners ready to catch and shoot. Right. So I think that's going to cater to Carmelo's strength to a degree because Paul and Harden handle rock. They drive and dish a lot. So I think at Carmelo's stage, age, it's going to help him. Right. And that's why he's going to be able to fit into that offense. But other guys who need the rock, no. Well, let's switch over to Jimmy Butler then, how he fits in there with that. I see Jimmy Butler. I don't have his stats in front of me. Right. But when I was watching his highlights the other day, he seems to crash the boards a lot and get a lot of rebounds. Yeah. With that clear out, I mean, I, I know you can crash the boards behind somebody on a clear out, but I'll, you know, you constantly, if you go to the highlights, it's either. Harden jacking up a three, that little pullback right. thing he does, or he's going to the basket with a Euro step. That's typically what he yep. he does. Is there enough room for those two to coexist? I mean, are you just playing clean up, trying to get his rebounds when it doesn't go in? No, I think there's I think there's room because, you know, he Ariza was that guy in the starting lineup before he left, but I think Jimmy Butler could be that guy. I don't. I don't know how great of a three point shooter he is. Right. I know. I think he's. I think of him as more as a mid range guy. But you know, he can do a lot of things. He can, he can attack the basket. He can. Re- I think he's a really good player. And in that offense is so wide open. He he'll get enough touches. Right. So let's stay out in the West. Chris gets mad at me when I talk about LeBron too much. Right. But did you recently see what Anthony Davis did? Did you see? I know there were some murmurs about him coming to L.A. I don't know how in the world that would happen. Well, check this out. Anthony Davis signed with Rich Paul of Clutch Sports. Which is LeBron's Which group. is LeBron's group, his agent. Do you see any chance? See, Chris is such the money guy. So this is where Chris would step in and say, oh, that'll never happen because this cap and that. Yeah. And, you know, you'd have to get rid of this person and that person. I, I'd much rather speculation in Let's any, just, any window. We're not big on facts, right? Well, yeah, don't worry about facts. So how fun would it be to watch 
And I don't know about the fit either because, you know, some would make the argument it's kind of hard to play with a LeBron too. But right. how fun would it be to see Anthony Dove, uh, Davis come to the Lakers and compete with Golden State with, you know, Boogie Cousins, the player that the Pelicans shooed off to give Anthony Davis space. It's almost like, you know, they said check to LeBron with Boogie. If he was able to do that checkmate, back to the Golden State by getting Anthony Davis. How fun would that be? That would be amazing. I think LeBron and Anthony Davis would be a heck of a combo. I know people talk about LeBron's difficult to play with. Listen, he is the ultimate facilitator. Right. So I want to play with a guy like that as well as he's a competitor. He works his tail. I mean, for a young guy like Brandon Ingram. Yep. To all of a sudden be paired with a guy like LeBron Young in the league, he's going to show you how to be a professional, how to work, what it what it's about to be uh, a champion, and, and the, the preparation it takes to be a champion. I think LeBron is a great fit for LA because they got some good young pieces. Sure, if they add Anthony Davis and anybody else, maybe Kawhi, but no, the laugh. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think they will be really good. I can see that, too. I personally, Chris gives me grief about this. You probably will, too. I don't think the Lakers is as bad as people think. I don't think so, either. I think being – I'll say that they'll finish – when do you think they'll finish in the in the West? Uh, near the bottom, but they're young. Okay. Maybe six. See, I have them finishing fourth. Don't ask me for any facts. Right. But, I mean, you know, the thing about it is if you look at them on paper – you know, everybody kind of points to the Rondo signing and the Lance Stevenson signing, and they're like, oh, man, that's going to be a joke of a show there. Right. But if you look at what was already there, like Kuzma, um, you know, Lonzo Ball's not a bad point guard. No. Like, if he's actually working on that shot, like all the reports I hear is he's been working on this shot, yep. not pulling it from out of his waistline. <laughs> um that he's a good player, definitely a facilitator, and I always thought he had such a high, you know, basketball IQ when he right. was at UCLA. So I'm thinking they're not. I'm. I kind of like their team now. Can they beat Golden State or the maybe the Rockets in the finals? No, no, I don't think so. But I think it'll be fun to watch those matchups. Yeah. I think there's a there's a potentially a Christmas Day Golden State um, Lakers matchup in the works. So that'll be fun basketball to watch. Right. The thing I like about Anthony Davis potentially coming to the Lakers is that he can give LeBron some time off during the game. Because, you know, last year, especially in the playoffs, he really didn't have that one, all right, hey, I need to take a breather for about five minutes. And then you mix in Anthony Davis. Just think about what who who did they play? Was it Toronto the Pelicans beat last year? I can't remember. His defense totally changed that series. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but the facts don't matter, right? Um, but, you know, his his ability and his length to defend all the way out to the top of the key yeah. and help out all the way to the top of the key, I think it makes him an interesting he's, matchup. He's, in, the, in my opinion, one of the best players in the league because he's so versatile. Mm-hmm. He can guard smaller guys. He can rebound, block shots. He can shoot the ball from the perimeter. He can be a stretch four if need be. He can post up. So he's a – there's not – Another guy, maybe um, what's the guy in Milwaukee? I know you're talking about the Greek freak. The Greek freak, but he doesn't shoot it as well. Uh, 
So it's there's he's like one of two guys in the league that can give you that versatility all all around. So and you gotta you know you played at a very high level. Can you imagine trying to guard that? Oh God! All the things that he can do. There was a guy named Derek McKee went to. Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, Alabama. Of course, Alabama's not bone for basketball, but we played them in the uh, in the regular season, and I had to guard. He's six eleven. Oh wow! Nightmare. He did. He could do everything, and so you know you're trying to think about. We're gonna try to force him to do this, take it away, make him uncomfortable. There was nothing you could take away. Yeah, and that no, that really puts it into perspective, <laughs> because Derek McKee he went on to play with the Pacers, right? Yep. The majority of his career, yep. and you don't think of Derek McKee as being like a world beater in the NBA. He was a good, yeah. really solid. good, solid player. And then what you just told me. I mean, I can imagine when I was in high school trying to guard you, then you're telling me about how hard Derek oh McKee, God. and then he's in the league, and you see how he measures up to the league. Yeah. We forget somehow, you know, when we're complaining about me, complaining about Harden's Euro step, that dude's a bad man. Well, oh, man. See, the problem is they make it look easy. Right. At, and they do, But most fans don't realize the, the degree of difficulty – and the level of competition on that floor. So when the best in the world are doing it better than the rest of the best in the world, they're really special. So, you know, those top guys are freaking amazing. That's why, you know, that's why the NBA, I think, to me, has gotten more fun because of the shooting. Right. Remember, like, kind of when Jordan was retiring about the first time, to me, the shooting in that era of basketball was so horrible. Right. I kind of felt like I could do that. Right? right. Now, you have guys in the league like Steph Curry that your brain just won't allow you to accept what they're doing. It's not even almost real, right? You know, you got a guy standing in, you know, where the player's entrance, that little hallway there, and he's, you know, he shoots there before every game. And he mostly has it made within the first, what, three or four attempts? Yep. Sometimes on the very first attempt, you kind of want to go. He's one of those players that him and LeBron, they've broken the video game. Yeah. Like, how can you put – how do you – you have to reset the whole video game industry to, like, you can't put this dude at 100, right? Right, right. <laughs> so he's done a lot to change the game. The West is funny about how competitive it's going to be. I did see – I think your man Tristan Thompson needs some milk or something. He needs some help because did you see his quote? No. He said uh, he was asked about you know how Cleveland would fare this year, and he said even without LeBron, they're the ten team to beat in the East. I did see that headline, and I was thinking there's a team in Boston that's pretty darn good, right? Or anybody else in the East. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah, so you look at the top teams in the East, the Bullets, I think Toronto is still going to be good, um, Boston, I mean, I think Miami will be as good as Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, it'll be, I will say the interesting story coming out of Cleveland is it will be nice to see Love get to play his game again. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was really good in Minnesota. He I mean, was. stats. He was really And it good. was fun to watch. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like, you know, players, that's what I was talking about with LeBron James. I'm not talking about, you know, role players 
because I would love to be like, Tristan Thompson's a perfect example. He got this huge payday because of LeBron James. Right. He doesn't he doesn't get that with anybody else in the league probably. But I remember too with Minnesota, Love was a really fun player to watch. Yeah. He could literally shoot threes. If it didn't go in, he'd go get his rebound. Put it back. Yeah. All right, we'll hit up some more NBA and maybe some college stuff on the other side. Join us. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, and of course, companionship. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. Fantastic cat. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. And welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. I'm trying to do Chris DeLambert here. Um, you know, he he like likes to throw his entertainment background into his intros and stuff like that. I just can't quite... Pick it, you know, pull it off. I can do the Kawhi Leonard laugh, though. We've established that. It's just me and Robert Bricky in here right now. It feels some. I think we got this, but it, you know, I kind of do. I agree with Chris. I kind of miss Trent. Yeah. And how mean he can be sometimes, and then how mean Chris can be to Trent. He already said he he felt like he didn't have his whipping boy in yeah, here today. It's a hate hate relationship. And I was just laughing. You know, the, in one of our intros, there's a whole commercial about, you know, the abuse of baby tigers and how to treat them. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my sister, and and this has actually happened. I was talking to my sister, and she goes, well, there's a tiger rescue in Pittsburgh where you can go, and they have a, a, other greater cats, and you can go and look at those. And there might be a, an area where there's maybe some baby rescues. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. But then I was like, wait, I remembered the commercial. And I'm like, I do not want to exploit baby right. tigers. So that, in Pittsburgh? That's what she said, Pittsburgh. Wow. Who knew? Exotic. Did you know that, Tim? By the way, um, Bricky here was driving in today and saw one, one of your wife's billboards. She wanted to know if that was your cousin or something. <laughs> awesome. You're, you know, you outkicked your coverage on that one. Yeah. So uh, we were hitting on the uh, NBA um, you know, we're starting to see, you know, hear some about the college teams. Chris went and uh, called a, a Duke game. I didn't. Didn't they play? Which who did they play? It seemed like they played so Central. Play I think. Yeah, I think they yeah, played Central. Central. We went and covered that game. He saw Zion up close and personal, and Tilly did a one eighty on him. Right. So he had been saying this guy's not all every not 
everything that everybody thought he was going to be. We felt like the tape, they were lying a little bit about his height. Right. And he got besides on, and he, I think, fell in love, has a man crush now. <laughs> that same Saturday, I was at Duke that morning, uh-huh. and we did an event in Cameron. And they had a recruit on campus, so the players were walking through. So I, I see Zion and um, what's the kid from Canada? Uh, I can't remember. Garrett uh, Barrett, Rowan Barrett, walked through, and he's legit. He's legit big. He's legit. And I was, so I was talking to his strength coach, and he said, "Man, what's amazing is he weighs that much. He can get off the ground like he does." He said, "But he is so agile. Right? So he can really move." And uh, and and when I saw him, I, I thought he'd be a little chunky, right? But he's not. He's just a big, solid kid. It just it just feels like your eyes are playing tricks on you when someone is that big, is that quick and agile. Exactly. Right? You know who he reminded me of? Julius Peppers. Oh, really? Yes, I remember Julius. I coached him in AAU when he was in ninth grade. That's awesome. And he was an amazing athlete then. And then actually, I thought. When he came out of high school, I said, if somebody catches this kid now and he gets in a great program and he develops, he'd be a pro basketball player. Right. He was that good. And I thought when he played even at Carolina basketball, he really helped the team. He did. When he would come in, he was a lot of fun to watch because one of the things he could do, first of all, watching him dunk was fun. Right. Because you, you, you didn't know if that the backboard and the rim was going to yep. make it when he did it. But he would always crack me up because he's he knew he was a football player first. Yeah. So when he did something really cool on the court, he would kind of grin like, you know, I'm not really supposed to be out yeah, here doing I'm just this. Having fun. <laughs> but that was actually a pretty fun. They weren't. It didn't translate into a ton of wins. Yeah. But that was back when Brandon Haywood played on the same team, and there was a lot of rim rattling going yep. on then. Yeah. And um. I, I kind of wonder. I mean, he's been this, you know, Hall of Famer defender, but the guy could have played tight end and right. been awesome. Do you think maybe the, he probably had the speed for that, right? Oh yeah. Listen, he was he he, rem, he and Zion remind me so much of each other. Almost the same size, almost the same weight, same type of athleticism. Uh, uh, the strength coach at Duke was telling me. He said, "I bet somebody in NFL." Takes a late round pick, and just drafts him just just, to, just in case, just to because check. he's that great of an athlete that I would imagine he could catch a football. Right. Put uh, what was what's the kid's name at uh, with Philip Rivers, the tight end. Oh gosh, I can't remember. Yeah, but he was so, a basketball player. Oh, you're talking about Antonio Gates. You're talking about, about yeah, in yeah. the NFL. I, yeah. I was trying to think of an NC State tight end. Oh no, no, uh, Gates, same type athlete. Big body, good hands, and those basketball skills easily translate into football. Well, you just I re- gotta have toughness. I remember Carolina eliminating Cal. Um, this is God. This is probably in the nineties, maybe late nineties, and it was like, um, you know, I guess we were in the field of thirty-two, and I remember thinking it was California. I'm almost one hundred percent sure. Um, and I remember thinking, man, that guy, Tony Gonzalez, is pretty good for them. Right, right. And then the next thing you know, he goes to KC, and he's like the best tight end that's almost ever played the game. Yeah. So um, He was a pretty good basketball player. He was. Yeah. He was pretty good. He We had our hands full with him that year, I remember. Um, that's the one thing that, in his mind, I bet, 
LeBron James's mind, I, he's always going to wonder what he would have done on the football field. Right now, he's smart enough to not even try it because yep. <laughs> he's you know he's he's made it and he's just what he is in the NBA. Um, one of the best players ever. But I would have loved to have seen that just with his. That's an you know his his game when when Zion goes coast to coast or hits the half court and puts that extra gear on, yeah. and then the next thing you know, you see he's flushing it. He reminds me, don't think body type, but that much body and mass in the air that quickly. He kind of reminds me of LeBron about how he attacks the hoop. Right. Now, my buddy uh, was a world-class track athlete, ran a 4.25. Oh, wow. Said he went to see LeBron in Charlotte a few years back, and he said he's unbelievably fast. From a guy who knows fast. Right. Now, if I said it, whatever. But he said, man, that dude is really fast. So I'd like to see him just maybe a, like fun, like a celebrity flag game. Right. Because I bet you he could really burn, man. Maybe that's what they should do with the Pro Bowls. Like mix some celebrities in there. Yep. I think that would kind of make it fun. They would never do that because, you know, too there's much so much, too much risk, too much money at stake. But, um, yeah, but so the other thing Chris was telling me, <clears throat> and too many times this happens with athletes, and you know, unfortunately, um, black athletes. But he said, "Man, this guy's really well spoken." And I kind of looked at Chris and side eye, and I was like, "Well, you know that what you, you know." He was like, "No, that's not what I mean. This dude is like a leader already. Like the way he talks, right? Um, kind of hoping to get him at Carolina, but the way he speaks, he's already like." I guess he's, he what, 18, 19, and he's already, like, talk, right. speaking like a 30-year-old. Right. And, I mean, that's got – that benefits you on the basketball court. Oh, yeah, When yeah, you yeah. can take command um, and, and communicate that well. I remember when I was an 18-year-old, gosh, people couldn't get away from me fast enough because I just couldn't – Right. Know, I was a knucklehead. So, um, I was kind of maybe waiting for the last segment, but I wanted to ask you, you and I were texting about – this uh, for the love of basketball series. Yeah, that's been that's been phenomenal on ESPN, and it's been really entertaining. And I didn't think I would like it at first, but the the pace in which they switch stories right. keeps you engaged. Because yep. yep. even if you don't really care about a topic, it's interesting enough to you can get to the next. Right. One. And so I texted you and I said, Robert, I saw you on ESPN last night. Now, unfortunately, when I saw you, I was kind of shedding a tear for you as well. <laughs> Because it was the segment in which there were, it was more Coach K centric for a little bit of that part, but it was the the game that you guys, if you want to call it, that championship game against UNLV. Right. Now we've talked about it here and there. I'm just curious, was that just a big blur, or like where was it, what were you thinking? And then that was your senior year, right? Yes. So unless it's too painful for you to talk about, was that like a blur, or was that? Was that a really off night for you guys, or was it that they had a couple of pros on the – you know what I mean? Yeah. What was that all about? I think it was a combination of things. One, they were just better than we were. Right. Two, they were playing extraordinarily well throughout the entire tournament. So we yeah. hit a buzzsaw on a night where we didn't play well. Right. So we would have played well and had some things go our way for us to be in the game. They're rolling. We, we're not – and they just kicked our tail. Now, here's a funny story from that game. We go to halftime. We're getting crushed. Right. 
And so prior to the tournament, the NCAA always assigns your locker rooms. So it just so happens our locker rooms were beside each other. Oh, wow. We go in, all of our heads are down, and we hear Tark in the next locker room. He's blasting his guys. We can hear him over Coach K in our locker room. Wow. He's going nuts. And I'm thinking, what is he there? What is he wanting to do? They're up 20. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, they kicked our tails pretty good. Now. I could hear him yelling, What are y'all going to do about Bricky? He's tearing y'all up in there. It was just one of those nights, man. We we just we didn't have it that night. I was just curious because you know I, I never really made it to the level you did, but I've been on the losing end on some blowouts right. before, and I remember kind of like that helpless feeling. I remember like just wanting. We got one more minute here, but I just remember wanting to just go home. Right. <laughs> did you like? What were your – that was your senior year. Did you yeah. have some mixed feelings? Did you just want to get the heck out of there or what? Well, see, there's only two teams that know the, the last game they're playing for that season. And so we we had been in the Final Four two straight years. Right. Third year, we go to the championship. We're thinking we got to – you know, we're going to have to play well to win it, but we got a chance. Right. And uh, we get our tail kicked. And the the hardest part was that was my last game. Yeah. So we couldn't come back and redeem ourselves. So part of that story on um, love it, basketball, a love story, was about how Duke came back the following year. All right. Yep. So I, that I, those classes had a chance to redeem themselves, but we didn't. When I had a special part in my heart for you that because I noticed that because they went, they almost didn't do it justice because y'all had had a great season that whole season, and yeah. then. It was like with the snap of the fingers, they were on to the next year. Grant Hill comes in, right, right. And I know you were probably thinking, man, that would have been really nice to play with, play with Hill. But uh, we'll talk. I don't know what we're going to talk about. We'll just make it we'll up as we go on the other side. You're listening to from the cheap seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me, you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I got to say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, coming down the home stretch, as Tim Copas just said. His wife's on Billboard, so I got to listen to him. He's the man. You're back with me and Robert Bricky uh, from the Cheap Seats here. And I basically just said, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I do know now. And I want to talk about your business, Robert. You're working with, you're coaching kids. And, and go over, so I don't mess it up, exactly what you're doing with your business, what it's called again. And so to give us some okay, people some so details. I wear a lot of hats. I, I am the only, my day job is financial advisor. Yep. My part-time gig is basketball coach with the professional team in Raleigh. Then I have another business, and then I'm a radio host. So my mm-hmm. other business is that's the last college assist, and 
So uh, Chris is texting the other night about these kids over here, and one of us not getting any looks because his team is terrible. Right. And there's that happens a lot of time. Our kids will fall through the cracks because whatever reasons. And so I help kids who are legitimately talented and who have the grades and character to find scholarship opportunities. Right. And you're loving that. Is that there of all the hats you wear? Is that your most favorite? Actually, I don't do it much because I've been so busy with other things that I I haven't had a chance to focus on it yet. So how many times since you've been doing this already have you gone – have you ever gone to a kid – how do you break it to a kid when he's just not got it, I guess, is what I'm tr- well, trying to get so to. Our process is you've got to send this videotape and uh, – highlight tape and a complete game tape. We do an analysis – and we get uh, references from your high school and or AAU coaches. So when we put a package together, we know you can play. Right. If we don't feel like we can assist you, we will not work with you. You'll assist them to the door? Well, there's some services out there, as long as you can make a payment, they'll send your information out to coaches. And I've been that coach that's gotten all these emails of kids that can't are, are not good enough. Right. And so you are wasting the kids' time, taking the kids' money, and getting the kids' hopes up that some school is going to call. Right. And I don't want to operate like that. And so I'm more of a boutique than a Walmart. I am only work with a select few kids uh, because once we vet the entire process, we know – when I know I contact the coach, I know he's good enough to play for that coach. That's cool. And you're nice about it. I remember when I was in high school, I played soccer – and we always would pass the tennis courts on the way to practice. And just kidding around, I grabbed a racket and returned one of the, their number one players or serve just real quick and then just handed the racket back. Right. Coach saw it, said, hey, man, come out. I want you to try out for tennis. And I had that racket in my hand for about five minutes before he re- came over and reached and pried it out of my hands. And he said, you can go on back to soccer now. <laughs> but that, as a coach, you got to be able to make, you know, you got to make yeah. that call. And it's the best thing for the kids. Yep. So you're kind of, you know, you don't want um, – know, I've known a lot of even friends who, like, squeezed every drop but probably wish that they maybe cut, cut their, you know, ba- say a baseball player. You know, you can get, you can get drafted in baseball right. if you're even on – if you're on the bench and get drafted by a baseball team, it's nothing for them to, you know, take a shot at you. And I've seen these players, you know, try to go as far as they can. And finally, you know, you're about five or six years into your professional career and you're going, okay, what do I do? Right. Um, so you got any, you don't have to, you don't have to spill the beans, but do you have any really good prospects that you're nice, you know, you're excited about? Actually, no, because we, <laughs> We got out. We redid the website, which is done. Has been done. We haven't put it up yet because I know if people start calling me. I'm not going to have time to handle it right now. Right. I've got to get some things cleared. Uh, I've just got on with a new company uh, on the security side, mm-hmm. so I had to. That was a process because trust me, when you're dealing with people's money, you got to go through all, jump through all these hoops. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, so we just got that done and. Uh, we are working with get some clients now to try to move some money and roll some money. So anyway, that's taking up a lot of my time. Plus, I'm coaching. Mm-hmm. That takes up a little bit of my time right now. So it's I got a lot on the plate, and I got to figure out how to man. Actually, I need some help in my college assist business because 
I can't do it all right now. Okay. Yeah. So when you do find that gym in the rough, I was just looking at – I was watching the game last night. Antonio Brown went to Central Michigan. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that's not a small school, but it's not exactly the creme de la creme. Right. Um, but when you do find that one player, I'll pay you if you send them to Roy <laughs> instead of Kay. Can we work something <laughs> out? Me. Listen, when they're at that level, they don't need me. I'm probably dealing with Division Two. Maybe low D one guys in division division low D one D two and probably D three, right? You get, you need to find that Tim Duncan that grows like four feet right. during his senior oh, year. David Robinson, <clears throat> David Robinson, <clears throat> um, yeah. But that sounds like it would be fun because you know the athlete. No matter how far we've gone, it, that's why I play fantasy football. The athlete in us feels like we would all be able to correctly critique a player. Right. <laughs> and then you got Yahoo's like me coming out there and saying, oh, they can ball. And there's professionals like you like going, um, no, not, they, look, maybe at still, the Y. It's okay. You look at the uh, NFL draft, they've got an entire staff of people evaluating players and they get it wrong all the time. Yep. So there's no. Uh, exact science to what is done to evaluate play. You just got to go. Sometimes it's a gut feeling. But if you take athleticism and skill away, the main thing is you got to get it between the ears first. Sure. You got to understand the process and how hard you got to work. and You got to make good decisions. I mean, there's a lot of things that go on. Like we talked about Jameis Winston earlier. Right. I wouldn't give him that kind of money because I don't think he gets it yet. Right. Me too. And so – that's the first step in in my evaluation. I think a kid gets it. Then does he have a talent or a skill? Then does he have the character and grades? So that's kind of how I, my process. But sometimes it's hard to. Well, that's what I tell. was following your text with Kristen Lambert about this kid in Lee County, right? And I saw your question. So, what do the grades look like? And Chris came back with. Well, he does, you know, he runs a four to three and he can jump this high and he's like got good presence here or there. And the whole time I knew you were like, does he have A's, B's, or C's? And I'm like, okay. When he didn't answer, <laughs> I thought junior college. <laughs> Honestly. Because obviously he's uh, gifted. Right. But, you know, that doesn't count as much now because, oh, man, the way the NCAA's structured the uh, initial eligibility, it's, it's just way different. Yeah, you kind of want to know the uh, personality. Y'all have any? Do you go off of gut, or do you have a process? Are there like these NFL combine questions that you ask them, or anything no. like that? See, I'm not going to know the kid, so I've got to get references from the kids' coaches. Gotcha. So that's the only I can only do the basketball side. They can give me uh, character references, and then his transcript is going to speak for his academics. Well, as a parent. I appreciate what you do because I have a, a daughter who plays tennis, and she could be really good if she, you know, if right. she if it clicks and she really wants to go to that next level. I couldn't tell you how many services called us, and if you just give them some of that green, yep. they want you to make that commitment. You know, they want to give you you to give them the money. And I was like, I started at asking questions like, "Well, how did you find Clarice?" You know, like I mean. So what about her? They couldn't answer them. Right. Well, just, you know, she did this in this tournament, and that was about all they 
so it's refreshing to see what you're doing, right. which is, you know, you have a different approach. You call it the boutique. It's not the Walmart approach like right. I was hit with with my kid. It yeah. really kind of made me angry, to be oh, honest yeah. with you. I, trust me, I've had parents say, Coach, I'm getting emails from these services. I say, look, don't waste your money. I said, not that all of them are wasting, but I'm right. saying if your child is good enough, generally speaking, they'll be seen. Now, there are examples that don't, but. You know, a friend of mine's daughter was a really good player, and uh, she was just, I'm tired of getting contacted by yeah. these service. I, I'll go to a game. They'll be at the games. I'm getting emails. I'll call. So Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's like awesome. a, almost a, the way they handle it, it's almost a made-up industry, like the way they do things. You know, I'll never, I'll never forget, I was on the phone. That's another thing is they want to put you on a conference call with your kid. Right. So it's super uncomfortable. You got to talk about how good they are and stuff like that. You want to keep their confidence level up. I want to, you know, I kind of want to say, well, her serve could use some work, but I don't (laughs) want to do that in front of my kid. And finally, I just said, well, tell me about some of your success stories. Mm -hmm. And this is when I knew I needed to go ahead and end the call. And he goes, oh, we got players all over the country. And I said, I'm looking at your website and it said something about success stories. I don't see anybody that I recognize. Who's your most famous? And I think he came up with something like, well, uh, we had we signed Trent Nichols, field hockey player. You know what I mean? I'm like Tim Copas, badminton player. I'm like, nah, nah I think we go. I think we're good. Right. We'll just give it away. <laughs> maybe um, maybe you could open up that uh, what you do to other sports and help my daughter. But I'm definitely not letting them help. Well, see, to me, a success story is helping that kid find an opportunity. I don't care if you go pro or not. I want you to get the education. Right. So that's what we're about is just really just helping kids. Well, that'll be interesting watching your business grow because that's something I want to see. I'd like to see as you build on that, all the kids that, you know, you help and get to, you know, like you said, maybe it's just, you know, it's not to the Carolinas and Dukes and stuff like that. I just like to see that. I think we had a kid, Keem Richmond came out of Lee, uh, Lee Senior back when it was called Lee Senior Always wanted to go to Carolina, but had a really good career, um, college career. It was fun to watch him right. um, play. What else you want to talk about, Tim? How much time we got? We got uh, one minute. So yeah, anything you want to throw in there before we go start well, drinking we, four locos? My coaching job is the Raleigh Firebirds. It's a new league, new professional league. We'll have a team in Raleigh, and there are, I want to say, fourteen teams throughout the country starting. This, this will be the second season coming up in January 2019. Uh, so come out and support us. We'll we'll get you information. It's the Raleigh Firebirds. Uh, it's the basketball league. It's called the Basketball League. Which oh, nice. Is a new name. It used to be North American Professional Basketball League, but they the. changed. It. They simplified it. So uh, it's like the Ohio State. Exactly. Okay, exactly. I feel so, you. But uh, that'll be fun. We we'll have a lot of local talent from you know there's a lot of talent in this state basketball wise, so we'll have a lot of talent. Yeah, and, definitely get to some information next time, and we maybe do some giveaways and some different things on the show. Uh, we were on a recent K Max show the uh, the shop. Oh yeah, and uh, so we're going to do a coin toss to determine the first position. It'll be the first in basketball history with them. So we got to come up with something on this show we do to uh, maybe you guys will come out. I don't know. We'll get you We'll get you tied in somehow. 
I definitely I put like a Jackie Moon coach owner player situation <laughs> with a headband on. Right. Maybe you can wrestle a bear. Mm, all right. I'll think of something else. How about that? Right. Like, I'll like. Uh, I don't know. We'll think of something. Maybe half court shots or something like that. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, we'll. we'll figure, it's got to be. It's got to be something that's never been done. Okay. So we well, maybe I'll let maybe oh, I'll maybe I'll let Chris DeLambert beat me in basketball because that would that's never been done. <laughs> never will happen. So how maybe I'll this? just let him. How about this? Why don't we take input from our listeners' ideas? Okay. Of things that we could do that would be creative and unique. Maybe they, we've got some. We've got a bright audience, so they've got. I'm sure they've got some creative ideas. Maybe Chris can spring that on on trivia. Like, just say, "Hey, listen, help us out. Get on the, you know, get on the Facebook page, get on Twitter, and say, come up with something embarrassing for us to have right, to do. Right, because <laughs> that's always the most fun. Well, Tim said one minute, and I'm pretty sure that's been a minute. So I'm gonna keep going. What you you need to stick to badminton. <laughs> He's like doing something with his. He looks like he's kneading dough back there, but um, I wish we could go for. Uh, this has been a quick couple of hours. Yeah. I think Chris would be happy with us taking over the ship for a little bit. Yeah, we've already gotten a call from ESPN. They want to pick me and Robert okay, up. Uh, we'll bring you along, Tim, Chris. Oh, uh, we need somebody to carry Robert's bags. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. told. Okay, we're wrapping it up. What you got? All right. Oh, well, we'll it. have to hit it next time we come. Next time. Thanks for joining us. Missing Chris, Trent, y'all got to be here next week. Y'all have a great week. Thanks. Bye. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.